welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is episode 29. I want to say 29. Hang on, we'll, we, we, we'll fact check. All right, while you fact check, let me do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> this is your co-host coming at you from the Pro Football Radio Amphitheater in Shelton, Connecticut, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Tapuhuma. Thank you, thank you. Far too kind. By the way, it's actually episode 30. If you can't oh. tell, it's been a long day at work. We're recording this Tuesday night, so just bear with us. It's episode 30, another landmark in the PFR podcast. Made it 30 episodes so far, so. Tapuhuma. Good stuff. You know, when you say it like that, I feel like it's like a 70s cheesy action show. Like, I should be doing, like, the slow-mo running, but, like, the scenery behind me is going, like, really fast. How yeah. about this? Da Puma. Kind of like the first one. Da Puma. Little, little, like, little cheesy. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. Right. Right. How you been, man? Not bad, man. You know, just uh, just grinding away, you know, living the living the work life. The little man was uh, was sick today, so... He uh, he lucked out of soccer practice, so oh, been I... hanging out at the house, been been kicking a hornet's nest apparently with some fantasy football trades. It's you know just living the oh, dream yeah, over yeah. here. We'll get to that in a second, but I was talking to Tara and she uh, she had to stay home from school today because you know obviously yep. you know, he got sick. I tell you what, I can't wait to have kids if I can just pull that bullshit. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't can't make it in today. You know what I'm saying? I'll uh, I'll even adopt a couple just to be like yo. I'll adopt a, a couple. Take a couple it's, sick days. You, know you adopt a couple. You have your timeshare with the dog. Be a good time. Listen, I think adoption is the way to go, man. I know, like, people want to have kids uh, and, you know, kind of, you know, I guess grow up with them. <laughs> you, it's like your own. But imagine if I got, like, a 2009, 2010 model, right? adopt that kid and it's already been through like the you know the, the stages of fucking peeing and pooping at night and you have to wake yeah up then you shit. get then you get the stage where they're 16 they're angry at their parents that's all yeah, right because that's great that's all right i uh, think yeah, that's gonna okay. happen anyways so oh whatever my god. I'm yeah, but see, like at least it, oh my god i can't believe i'm speaking into like oh my god i'm turning i'm trading in this for a certified pre-owned kid <laughs> like i can't believe i'm going into that but like i'm going to hedge my bets here and say that if you go through the stages of life from like the tea from the crawling to the walking to the teething to the potty training that when they hit the stage of 16 i hate my parents nonsense you're, they may not like hate you that much. They just think you're gonna they, be a they buzzkill. Hate you less? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I mean, my my mom, dad, I'm I'm uh, I'm the baby, of the family, second child. Um, I mean, I never went through that stage of like I hate my parents because I know like if I ever really talk back and push back against my parents, like I my mom would kill me, right? And then my dad would bury my bot, like dig my body up, kill me again, and then put me like. Another eight feet underground. So, yeah. no, I wasn't fucking well, with my parents. my parents are, like, Pakistani. They come from the old way of thinking where, like, you can't disrespect, like, right. the elderly and right. stuff. So I wasn't allowed to hate my parents. <laughs> right. You know? Neither was I. Granted, don't get me wrong. I had the back porch painted red many a time. Yeah? How many times? Oh, many a time. Same here. Ma- many. I, uh, I would get the uh, the Bata sandal. They had, oh, the uh, sandal? They had, they had this uh, company called Bata, B-A-T-A. It's, like, yeah. popular in third world countries. Oh, dude, my dad got uh, it out. It was a wrap. Uh, I got the the open hand Oof. or the the bar of soap too. That was fun. Never never the liquid soap. It was always the bar. Mm. Yeah, mm. Oil of Olay tastes great. So you can't do that. Uh, do that stuff today. No, nope. you know I'm saying 
Kids don't know. You get locked up. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they have their ways in school. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we get to that, let me go ahead and. Uh, yeah, what are we What are we drinking at the Bar de Silva? Oh, that's refreshing. Yeah. A Coke Zero. Yeah, alcohol content of 0.0. .0. Oh, don't, that's good. Don't that's worry, people. Good. I'm keeping. I'm holding it down with a Bud Diesel right now. That's good. So, king of beers. So, speaking of fancy football, first of all, I suck, right? I'm gonna go ahead and uh, probably nuke my three. team. I'm it's only gonna, week three. Yeah, but I'm gonna probably. I'm on three, right? I'm probably gonna nuke my team here soon if I'm on four. There you go. Looking, um, but the bullshit you pulled, Brandon. What do you mean bullshit? The bullshit you pulled. How did I pull in bullshit? this country where freedom is everything? You decided to. Here we go. What, what do you mean? Here we go. Here we go. No, finish, finish, you finish did your not, soapbox. You, you put, first of all, you slid it past us somehow. How did I slide it past I, you? I it's think, not my fault you guys can't read I, an email. I, oh, here we go. Here we go with the reading bullshit. And, hey, if who you read, if you who were reads the terms of conditions? If y'all, who reads the terms of conditions? If, Nobody. I don't know, Jay. It's kind of our job to read emails. So I would assume out of anybody to read an email. Yeah, exactly. I've read 19 million emails and I don't want to read another fucking email from Brandon at the end of the night, all right? Here we go. And if people were that concerned, they could have went to the, the league settings and see the trade. Uh, it's right above. No, actually, Brandon, it's right below the Brandon, scoring system. Brandon, if you would have put it in the group chat or given us a call and let us know this is what the league setup is, that'd be different. But you just kind of slid it in no, there. No, didn't slide it you in there. Slide, actually, and, as and, a matter and, of fact, and uh, to give you guys some context, here we go. Brandon decided, as the commissioner of the league, um, to not let people veto trades. So basically, he controls fully if a trade goes through or not. And now, that's some bullshit. Now, before, you know, while you can come off your, your soapbox. King Brandon Hill You can come here. off your soapbox real quick, hypocrite. Uh, remember, like, two years ago, we made a tr we were trying to make a trade? You needed a – I needed a wide receiver. You needed a running back. I needed Amari Cooper. And I was flipping a running back to you. That trade got vetoed four times. Four times. For no reason short of people just wanting to be asshats and veto trades. It wasn't, it was helping me, it was helping you. So the whole point of that rule was to avoid that bullshit of just people fucking with rosters for fuck's worth sake. Like, no, it's nobody else's business. Unless it's just blatant collusion, then no, every trade is going to go through. Really? Mm-hmm. And what do you define as blatant collusion? The because nonsense what you... The nonsense you did last what year with Justin Buta. What do you mean? Justin Buta. Stop it. I'm just saying. Brandon, stop it. I'm just saying. We did not collude. Oh, I please. will go to my grave saying we did not collude because after those <clears throat> trades, after those trades, I started winning like crazy. Yep. Dude, I swear to God, I was like one, I was like four and one after yep. I made those trades. But either way, that's the whole point how, of the How's that collusion when hey, I was better after hey, the go trades? For, go for it. You can propose a trade. Go for it right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We got King fucking Silva over here. Hey, nobody was stuck. Yeah. I don't know why everyone's upset. I'm taking all the risk. With Bobby Saquon B, Barkley. Mike B, I got your back, all right? What's the problem? In all seriousness. We will overthrow this oppression, all no, right? In all seriousness. Let's start a revolution. What's what's the issue? Boston Tea Party, part two. What's the issue? No, no, no. It's, it's taxation without representation. You're taking our money, right? $35 a pop, and we don't get represented in the league. Veto. But I'm trades. not vetoing. I'm not going to veto any trades. So it's, it's real simple. King Silver. So, again... What was the issue with me trading Devonta Freeman, who I wanted out of the business, for Saquon Barkley, who may be back in four to eight weeks? Yeah, I actually have a problem with that. I had a problem with the fact that I realized that there's no, there's no way that we can veto trades. Oh, please. <laughs> I had no problem with the trade, actually. There you go. Taking all the risk. I'm like a fucking 
high, high ankle sprain expert. Jesus. Well, listen, I have a problem with that. Like I said, I mean, other people did, but I had a problem with the whole no league veto thing. All right. I really want to know, like, what what was other people's problems with? Like, they were trying to say collusion. Like, I'm taking all the risk. Like, there's a good, there's a like a probably a 15 percent chance that maybe Saquon Barkley doesn't see the field. So I just took a guy that's gonna get me zero points the rest of the season and flip Devonta Freeman. But that's how bad I wanted out of the Devonta Freeman business. The guy did absolutely nothing through three weeks in a total timeshare with Edo Smith. But after I um, swallow that hard pill that we're living in a fucking communist regime in our fantasy league, I realized my team sucks dick, uh, big time. Yeah. So anybody listening to the podcast, send me trades, man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm ready to nuke my team. If I lose this week, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and just call it a fucking year. But regardless, I am ready to move on from most of my players if I lose this week and uh, send me your trades. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm playing you this week in the podcast league too. Probably not gonna be good. I think so. It's probably not gonna be good. Who's leading the league, by the way? Uh, let's oh, let's see. Let's I don't know who's leading. I know Joe. Joe, uh, you know Joe, the the video producer. He's out in college right now. Funny enough, he's like been running train with his fantasy team. He hasn't been able to log into his account. So one, he doesn't know who's on his roster, and two, the entire time he's had Melvin Gordon in his flex, and he's been winning every fucking game. Every game. It's fucking hilarious. I, I, I fucking instantly hate him right now. I, I fucking instantly hate Joe, him right now. Jesus you're the Christ. Fu- you're, the, you're the man. You're the man. Somebody's dead. Yeah, oh someone's God. dead. Somebody's dying. All, all y'all tears about crying <laughs> about vetoes <laughs> died. <laughs> but, uh, no. Taking taking all the risks with Saquon. You know, I, I, I did a lot of research today. You know, I, I looked up the high ankle sprains. You know, what are, what are ways to treat it? What's the recovery time frame? Four to eight weeks is kind of the general consensus. And then I reached out to one of my friends back from uh, the 603, Allie Bauer, uh, you know, certified athletic trainer, did uh, got her master's degree in, uh, you know, in athletic training and whatnot at the University of Texas. She's a, she's a Red Raider, and uh, she's actually on the New Hampshire State Athletic Training Committee. She just got voted in as a secretary, I believe. And no, I got the whole lowdown on the the high ankle sprain, and you know she was saying from what she saw, it looked bad, but she's seen injuries where it looks bad and you're back in about four weeks, or it looks okay and you could be done the whole season. So it's really a crapshoot with Saquon. So I'm feeling all right. I'm hedging my bets that four to eight weeks he comes back, make that late playoff push, be all right. Uh, looks like in the East, uh, Team O'Donohue, McMahon's Fire, and Balaj Barrage, which is you, are tied for first. And then in the West, uh, Rosilla, Butat, and Bobby are tied for first as well. And I am last in everything. I have I don't have a win right now. This is pretty bad. Yep. I'm going to kill myself. It's only the third week. I don't even have a bad team. That's the worst part. It's only week three. <laughs> still, my God. <laughs> How can this be so bad? Oh, my God, dude. This is ridiculous. But on some... Uh, look, actually, let's talk about my team. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I thought that was going to be all right. David Johnson. Hmm. Josh Jacobs. He fucked me last week. Well, he's, they're, they're playing from behind. Mm. He's never going to get the ball. Odell. I thought he was going to do better so far. He only had one game. Why fucking... Baker going to throw him the goddamn ball. Uh, Cooks, uh, Nicole, uh, Hardiman actually good for me for the, for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared Cook, pretty bad. That's my weak link. I got to, I got to trade for a tight end people. I got a tight end for you. Want a tight end? Yeah, but I'm not, I'm never going to fucking trade with you. You do the fucking crackhead trades. What do you mean crackhead? Vance McDonald? For who? I don't know. I got to look at your roster. Okay. 
Um, okay, enough of that. There's some big news, though. Well, looks like you and Mrs. Puma have picked a date for the wedding. We did. Let's get the lowdown on that. Yeah, so uh, we, we, uh, we signed the contract, put the deposit in. September 19th of 2020, you know, myself and Tara, we will be Mr. and Mrs. Da Puma. Da Puma! Unless uh, I do something around the house and she buries me in the backyard. But uh, I'm pretty confident that uh, I'm going to make it to September 19th of 2020. So Way to go. Congrats, yeah, expect, man. Uh, expect invites to be coming out pretty soon. And by pretty soon, we got time. But Congrats. invites will be in the mail. Congratulations. What are we looking at uh, people-wise? A fairly big party or Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Yeah. It's gonna be a good time. Okay, okay. All right. Well, congrats, man. Yeah. Um, in regards to football, let's start this off with uh, week three storylines. I have three, Puma yep. has three. Yep. And then we will jump right into week four and pick the games that we believe are the marquee games. And by the way, I think nine nine games to pick is quite a bit. Do you think we should take it down next week to seven or something? No, we're gonna see we the matchups, like... look at the marquee games. Mm. I mean, it, it kinda hurts but sometimes like last week, the one of the marquee teams, Dallas Cowboys, was playing one of the league's doormats and the Dolphins, but it's a marquee team. Yeah. So we got to plug them in a little bit. But, like, Jags-Broncos, man, like, who's really going to be interested in that? Besides I mean, the, the, the AFC South is wide open. Okay. Literally, right. it's wide open. All right. Well, let's start with my big storyline out of uh, week three. Uh, being a Patriots fan, I was uh, intently watching that Patriots versus Jets game. Um, the Patriots ended up winning 30-14. to 14. Uh, The Jets, man, all in all, they're bad. Uh, no need to go any further there. They're just bad. They are who they are. The Patriots defense, though, I am continually impressed by this team. The defense, it's so sound. Um, Jamie Collins coming back from uh, Cleveland has done wonders for he's our defense. He's looking like he's five to oh eight my years God. younger. He is so good. He's, he's lean, too. Yeah. He leaned out. Yep, yep. Jamie Collins and Stephon Gilmore, man, they're the driving forces of that defense, and they should get more love nationally. I am concerned about the offense, though. I've had a conversation about this off the air. Um, Julian Edelman got hurt in the game. Um, we don't know how severe his rib injury is or if he'll miss any time. I hope he doesn't. Um, but that wide receiver group is banged up. Uh, and Gordon, I tell you what, Josh Gordon, man, he um, he's not getting any better. And he does, he can't seem to separate anymore. I think he's lost some of that burst. Uh, he cannot separate. You watch it closely, and, yeah. and every single catch, every single catch that he makes. It's like a fucking, it's like a, it's like a behind the head catch where he has to like jump in the air with the uh, defender draped around him. Everything is theatrical. It's not an easy break away from the defender and make a smooth catch. It's very, if you watch it closely, man, well, if he we're cannot talking, separate anymore. If we're talking about last week, though, he took a couple of hard hits mm-hmm, to, to his back. Mm-hmm. He went to the medical tent a few times. He had a hand issue. He gutted it out. So, yeah, yeah if, if that continues this week, I'll start buying into that line of thinking. Yeah, keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on it. It'll probably be a big game that most people will be able to get to see the Bills versus the, the, the Pats. But um, there's some serious issues with how Josh Gordon can't seem to separate my eyes. So we'll see how that goes. Um, now, James White didn't play because he was uh, his wife was expecting. Congratulations. Yeah. New so, dad. Yeah. So there's a little James White out there as well now. Um but I think maybe that's part of the reason why we look so bad on offense. We started out hot with one drive, and then it just kind of simmered off, you know? Um, so besides that, the offensive line is also banged up, and that's part of the issues. And then finally, Gostowski missing another field goal is really troublesome to me, man. Gostowski, week in and week out, now mixed kick, uh, mix, uh, misses kicks, whether it's field goals or extra points. Right. Um, and I'm really concerned about that. It's going to come back to bite us down the road, big time. Um, truthfully, I was watching that game on... Um, on Sunday, and I was thinking, we could really use AB right now. <laughs> Bring back Antonio Brown. Here we go. 
No, I got faith in Jacoby Myers, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. He looked so, good in preseason. Yeah, additionally, uh, Jacoby Myers, hopefully he um, develops some more. Uh, that Olshansky kid, hopefully he develops some more as well. Um, Nikhil Harry's going to come back late during the year. Um, and then Damon Harris is our also third-round pick uh, running back who's also going to provide a different uh, look for that offense. Philip so, Dorsett, too. Philip Dorsett, yeah, he's he's kind of steady. So we'll see how things go, man. Um, but I am a little concerned about that uh, offense uh, out of the Patriots game against the Jets uh, on Sunday. Right, right. Uh, my top storyline, my real-life football ride-or-die, Daniel Jones. He made his debut. He looked he looked every bit the part. I mean, he was you know he was stellar in an 18-point comeback uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he showed poise in the pocket. Uh, the athleticism was on display. I mean, the, the dude, granted, uh, Saquon Barkley went down with an injury, but he led the Giants in rushing yards. Uh, and attempts he uh, he scored the game-winning touchdown on like i believe it was an eight-yard run just right up the middle um he's throwing in a tight windows that touchdown pass he had to uh to uh sterling shepherd on the sideline really really solidified that and uh i mean he went 22 for 36 326 yards two passing touchdowns uh and then i believe he also had two touchdowns on the ground too uh gil brant hall of fame uh player director of player personnel for the um dallas cowboys he tweeted this out that uh, DJ was the uh, the first rookie with 300 passing yards, uh, 300 plus passing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and two uh, passing touchdowns in a single game since the 1970s. This dude looked the part. Uh, I I get it. It's it's one game, uh, but this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense it was light years improved under Todd Bowles this year than what it was last season, and. He, uh, he really showed some guts in the pocket, stepping up, making those hard throws. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the, 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 Giants, the Giants got something here. I'm the, I was the first one on this bandwagon, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm completely sold on this. And there was a story I saw from a, a reporter that was down there. He tweeted this out saying that uh, towards the end of the game, you know, DJ, he goes into the huddle, and he just looks at the guy straight in the eye and just says, you know, let's fucking score. But if you look at his demeanor – He's not the kind of guy that's kind of, that's rah rah, but uh, you know it's another fun fact about DJ. He does that in, in the huddle this game. He also had this nickname in uh, in high school and college uh, at Duke of of being called Swag because he always he carried himself with that kind of demeanor in the huddle. And I think that's the spark that this Giants team is going to need to compete in the NFC East. And it's they got they got a couple of hard games coming up. But if they can tread water, weather the storm, and then Saquon Barkley comes back, they run a little bit more zone read with Saquon. This could be a lethal offense. It's just that defense may hold them back. That's the only thing. But he looked yeah. every bit the part on Sunday. Now, DJ, man, like, I'm still not sold. Uh, it's week one. It's, you know, it's against a bad team. Um, I, I know everybody's out there. Everybody loves to react on a week-to-week basis. But it's, it's fucking one week, man. The guy, sure, um, shows some athleticism. I still am not sold on his arm. It's a good arm. It's not the greatest of arms. Um, but I, I thought... And on top of that, the Buccaneers gave that game away, in my opinion. Um, they missed a chip shot field goal, um, and they were in position to win that game. So in my eyes, um, I don't see it yet. I'm not sold. I still think he's going to be a bum in the long run. Um, and as far as premature coordination, man, let's relax that because I've seen much better week ones or game ones by rookie quarterbacks. And I will give you a uh, case in point, RG3, and his first start going into New Orleans and beating Drew Brees in that stadium with 40 of 30, uh, with, uh, was it, nine, uh, 400, I'm sorry, what is this, 320 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he looked absolutely amazing that night, but we all knew how RG3 turned out. So I don't think it's that impressive what DJ did. It's against the Buccaneers where RG3 was much more impressive, so whatever. Just the bar, I guess, seemed was, was so low for this kid 
uh, Daniel Jones that when he just went out there and looked serviceable, everybody lost their fucking minds. When Kyle Allen also threw four touchdowns for the Panthers and nobody's talking about him. So right, but Kyle there's Allen. a lot more hype with the, the New York uh, market behind him, and that's what's pushing all this. But at the end of the day, I don't see it very impressive. It is what it is. We'll see how the future holds out for this guy. Yeah, but Kyle Allen also did that in Week 17 against New Orleans Saints. And when Cam Newton went down, there were people in Carolina already banging the drum before the game that Kyle Allen should be starting. I mean, what... He he showed up. He was he was learning the, the playbook ahead of schedule in OTAs and training camp. He looked every bit the part in preseason, and then he was making throws, tight windows that quite a few people in the league could do. What else does Daniel Jones have to do? Like, does he have to go into Foxborough and go toe to toe with Tom Brady? Yes, I would like to see that. Okay, if you're taking sixth overall. Then you better be you. I mean, that's what he did on what he did on fucking. Because an eighteen point comeback, the largest the one in franchise history against the Buccaneers. Come on, man, the, so the guys are trash. It's and at the end of the day, the Buccaneers gave that game away with a chip uh, with a missed field goal at the end of the game. So we could easily be talking about this with it being a loss on his resume for his first game. So I don't see it, man. It's not as impressive as I thought it, as everybody else is making out to be. Everybody's reacting on a fucking day to day basis. It's like, oh my god, you hated him for so long. Now you love him all of a sudden. It's just media hype uh, left and right. But I was impressed. Pressed, man, I still say what RG3 did against uh, New Orleans and Drew Brees, that was the most impressive first week start I've seen ever from a quarterback. And we also saw how RG3 ended I'll up playing. I'll end it with this. In one game, Daniel Jones has had a higher completion percentage, higher QBR rating and yeah. touchdown to interception rate than Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick last year that was talking mad shit about Daniel Jones through three games. Just well, well the, the whole Baker Mayfield thing, that's a different story, man. That, that we'll get to that eventually. But that guy, he does not look good at all one bit. But, yeah, time will tell. And like I said, we'll see how it pans out. I have not sold just yet. But what I did love, though, as a Patriots fan, and I've been waiting for this for so long, and you know me, it's coming from a place of jealousy and hate, and I won't even deny it. It was great watching Eli Manning just fucking sitting on the sideline, getting slowly pushed out. So, Not slowly. That was warp so, speed. So Eli, fucking awesome. Just his, they would pan over to his face, and his just stupid face would just sit there. And I'm like, yes, yes, this is. But he was being. This the, is fucking awesome. He was the ultimate teammate. You know what I'm saying? He was the ultimate teammate. That's why, like, I just think your DJ comments just out of pure hate. I mean, short of him going into Foxborough, it, it surprised in the Pats. That, and even then, I don't think it would be good enough. It wouldn't. It wouldn't because you, I I don't do premature coordination. I'm this finally, isn't premature. I'm finally this coming is... around to um, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Like I'm gonna give them their due today. But for me and how I grade players, I've seen this shit many times. I've seen Baker Mayfield last year riding the high, looking like shit. Now I've seen in the past RG three looking amazing, looking like shit. So there's a lot that goes into it. And Daniel Jones will have good games this year. He's gonna win against the Redskins this week. But I mean, in the long run, I just don't see it. The guy was a bum in college. The guy was a bum in high school. And now he seems to have one magical game and everybody's losing their mind. So well, I'll be more than happy to give him his due in to a your year college or so. bit, To your college bit, if you're playing with an offensive unit that no pass catchers throughout your three years in college have been drafted, are you going to be leading the, the nation in passing yards and completion? The, uh, the last wide receiver to be drafted out of Duke yeah. was Jamison Crowder. Yeah, and but, he wasn't even on campus but the, then. But I can make that argument that, well, he wasn't good enough to go to a bigger, better school. He it's, almost went to the not, Ivy Leagues. But, but at the end of the day, like, he isn't at Ohio State, Alabama, because his whole life he was average. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason why he was at Duke in the first place to play football. 
So, I don't know. I mean, like I said, time will tell, but I just don't see it yet. Out of all the quarterbacks drafted in the first and second round this year, most pro-ready. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, moving on to my second storyline. Uh, fucking Baker Mayfield, you brought it up. The guy looks uh, not good, but we'll start with the Rams first. Uh, the Browns versus Rams game, Sunday Night Football. Um, 20-13, the Browns won that game. The Rams' defense, man, is better than I expected, truthfully. Uh, that defense is just as good as last year, and Wade Phillips is super underrated in what he's doing. Now, the LA offense still looked a little shaky, um, but at the end of the day, man, at the end of the day, LA, uh, the LA offense almost gave that game up with three interceptions, but somehow the Browns could have win. Um, in regards to Freddie Kitchens, man, the play call hard around the world. Fourth and nine. Draw play. Dude, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? What was your reaction on that? I'm convinced. Convinced he forgot what down it was. I am 100% convinced. Because mm-hmm. I believe, uh, like, a play or two before, I think there was, uh, there was a penalty called. So my line of thinking is there was a penalty called. Homeboy thought it was offsetting penalties. That wasn't the case. So he calls another play on third down, and then that fourth and nine draw play was originally supposed to be a third down draw play. I am convinced homeboy lost track of what down it was, and I, I really want to know how short of a leash at one at, at what point do they take the play calling away from Freddie Kitchens and they go to the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, who sooner than later is going to be a head coach. He's really good at calling plays. You need, like... Freddie Kitchens can't handle the uh, the duties of a head coach. And when I saw that fourth and nine play and the draw play that he called, it screams to me that he can't manage um, both play calling and head coaching duties. It screams was, to me. It wasn't even that. There was one play that it was, I want to say it was third and third and five. It was like third, it was third and short. Mm-hmm. All they needed to do was hit the sticks and get the first down and just keep the, keep the ball moving. And he's got Odell, Jarvis, and one other cat just running go routes. Yep. Like, dude, you're yep. down. You just move the sticks. Get and the get the like. Th- there was no way. Every fucking play call towards the end, short of that bullshit fourth and nine, every fucking wide receiver run was just go routes. And as bad as Freddie Kitchens was, I think Baker Mayfield is even worse right now. Um, the kid has looked absolute trash for the first three. Um, weeks of the season. Um, he ended up on Sunday night with 195 yards, one touchdown, and interception. And I believe that Baker has regressed, regressed a little bit. Like, if his first option isn't open, he immediately pulls the balls, uh, pulls the ball down, panics, and kind of runs out of the pocket and leads, uh, runs right into the defender's arms. Um, and a lot of times, if you watch him closely, he made up his mind where he wants to throw the ball on many occasions. And that's just horrible for a second-year quarterback. You shouldn't be doing that in your second year starting. This might be hot takey towards the end, especially in that the red zone with the final play where uh, I think he ended the game on an interception. He had happy feet. He yep. was looking like Eli. Yep. He yep. was looking like he, he was out, he good. was he was looking at fake pressure and he just fed it right into tight coverage. He had happy feet on that one. He was looking like Eli. Well, I wonder if it's um if it's so a lot of his game is built off his confidence, right? Off his moxie, off of his uh, I'm gonna, you know, show you kind of mentality. But do you think him trying to distribute the ball to certain people on the field is affecting that confidence? I think it's two things. One, it's exactly that because Landry, he wasn't really getting a whole lot of love up until this game. Landry had a little bit of a day. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was more involved in this game than the two previous ones. It probably helps in a bad way that David Njoku went down with a concussion and a wrist injury. But I think it's trying to force feed the ball to Odell 
And this offensive line is brutal. This like nobody's yeah. really talking yeah. about how that Zeitler well, trade well, to the Giants did, yeah, for Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back to bite them big yeah, time right now because that's you know the the Browns got Odell and Olivier Vernon, who's in my opinion an overrated defensive player. He had one good year in, in Miami yeah. and then cashed in with the Giants and then did absolutely nothing. And then they flipped that for draft picks in Zeitler. And Zeitler, they could really use them on that offensive line. This offensive line is atrocious. But, like, nobody was really saying that. And Baker's getting fucking lit up left and right. And he's feeling fake pressure and thrown into tight coverage. And he's, like, everyone's been railing on Trubisky, and rightfully so. But Baker Mayfield is taking steps back almost as equal as him. Oh, yeah, it's not good right now for Baker, and he's got to fix this quick because they're about to go on a murderer's row. Their upcoming games are like Baltimore, Seattle, New England. Like the, Right after the bye week is New England. Yeah, it's not good. And uh, they got, I have a – I'm on the fence of who do you want to pick for that Baltimore versus Cleveland game this upcoming week, which is probably one of the best games of the week, truthfully. But I'm leaning towards Baltimore. And, oh, I have you know, Baltimore like it's, winning. It's uh, – it's not good for the Browns right now, man. The Browns are 0-2. They better fix it quick. They're 0-2. Well, they're 0-2 at home. Did, did they win a game? Well, they, listen, they, they beat won the, against Jets, the Jets. So they're but, one, they're one but they three. beat a practice squad team. So right. come on. Right. In a, in a that was, wide, a, that in was a, wide a practice too. on national TV. Yep. Uh, real quick for me, uh, my, uh, my take or one of my storylines – uh, Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints, he, he had them treading water uh, last week in his first start since like four freaking ever since he blew his knee out. Um, he, he looked great. I mean, he went 19 for 27, 177 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this is why you pay uh, you pay a pretty penny for a serviceable, ba- serviceable backup. Uh, he didn't light up the stat sheet, but he didn't cost the team the game in the end. Like he... You know, he game manager mode, the defense took over, they capitalized on a fucking shocker, a Chris Carson fumble that turned into a touchdown, and then it made the Seahawks play from Chris behind. Chris Carson needs to be get cut, man. He's he's on thin ice right now in the, in Seattle, in my opinion. Um, and then if you look at this next game, I was saying this last week, if they're able to split this, if they win Seattle and say if they lose Dallas, their upcoming games are uh, – the Tampa Bay at Jacksonville at Chicago, which I have as a loss, then at home against Arizona, the bye week, and then the Falcons. And tentatively, if everything goes according to plan, Drew Brees could be back for that Atlanta game. So if he could just tread water and keep this team in it in a wide-open NFC South now that Cam Newton's down, mm-hmm. he's doing his job. He's doing yep. his part. And when was the last time – Albert Breer brought this up today. Uh, it was a really good point. When was the last time that the Saints – Won a game where the quarterback only threw for 177 yards. Yeah, it's uh, I, you bring up a great point. On top of that, what's working in their favor is the fact that that division looks very bad right now. Yeah, the Bucks look like crap. Um, the Panthers have issues with that quarterback. We don't know how Kyle Allen's gonna pan out. Although he was great in Week One, um, but Matt Ryan and the fucking Falcons. I just I don't I don't get it. I just don't get those guys. The fucked up. There's thing? so much fucking talent there, and I get pissed because I don't know why. I think I like Matt Ryan. I like Julio Jones. I like who they are, but they have so much talent and they should win more fucking games. They laid an egg this week up in uh, – well, they didn't lay an egg, but they shouldn't be losing to a Colts, in my personal opinion. Right. They, the messed up thing right now in that division, yeah. Jameis Winston might be the best quarterback. That's pretty bad. That is that is insane. That's pretty bad. He looked – God, he looked good on, on Sunday. But still, the Buccaneers, man. Oh, my God. All right, what's your final point? Uh, my final point is the Chiefs and Ravens game. Uh, Storyline number three out of last week. Best game of the week, and it lived up. It was a great game. Just sucked it rained. Yeah, yeah. Just sucked yeah, it rained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mahomes, uh, dude, uh, the guy is absolutely amazing. Uh, what more can you say? 374 yards, three touchdowns. 
Um, I dude, people are gonna have a hard time stopping him for years to come. For if I was the AFC West, I would be figuring out hardcore how to stop this guy for the next fifteen years. Or else he's gonna become pitched in the AFC East. Like mm-hmm. that's how it's gonna become. Um, Lamar Jackson, he was okay, so-so, uh, 267 yards and one rushing touchdown. Um, the game came down to Mahomes hit every big throw, while Lamar Jackson did not hit every big throw. He missed quite a people, quite a bunch of people wide open. Uh, his completion rate was only 50%. He missed Hollywood Brown on a few potential big throws. Um, in my opinion, coming out of that game, Mahomes is, is the MVP frontrunner right now. Um, his numbers are off the chart, man. 72% completion rate, 10 touchdowns, 0 interceptions. Like, what more can you say? I think he's on pace right now to finish the year with, like, 6,000 passing yeah, yards. Yeah, and, like, 63 touchdowns. Yeah, or 53, it's insane. 53 touchdowns. Like, it's unreal. Like, yep. uh, the guy is absolutely unreal. Um, the KC defense is better than last year, man. Matthews is always ball hawking. He's out there freelancing, doing his thing. Um, and I see... Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Yep. Nothing, nothing took away from that this week. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lamar came back down to earth uh, a little bit, and they, they, dude, I was kind of surprised. Like, they gave uh, Mark Ingram a lot of run in that hey, game. Yeah, what three touchdowns? Two touchdowns? Uh, three, and yeah. then they kept. I got to applaud the balls that John Harbaugh had, homeboy. Yeah, he realized what he was going against, dude. He went for it. He went for a fourth down. He went for the two point conversion. He he kind of got raked over the coals, but I, I I like the the brass set of balls he went to Arrowhead with. You, you know what you have in store. It's a hostile environment. It's Lamar Jackson's first real test of the season. I have no problem with the play calling. I I, I was at work, but from what I saw highlight wise, amazing game. Uh, my last point, real quick. It was originally titled Carolina uh, Panthers quarterback controversy brewing, but we got news today that. Uh, Cam Newton, he's going to be out for yep. the foreseeable future with the with the Liz Frank injury, fractures in uh, in his feet, and uh, it's going to be the Kyle Allen show for a little bit. And he he really showed up. He he really uh, he really performed against uh, against what was it? It was the Cardinals, right? Because they have Houston this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really performed against uh, the Cardinals. He had uh, let's see here, checking the stats real quick. Uh, nineteen to twenty seven, uh, nineteen twenty six, two hundred sixty one yards, four touchdowns. He was divvying up the ball. Uh, I mean, he got Greg Olson involved, DJ, uh, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and with his skill set, and then all the looks that the defense is going to see with you know uh, Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, he could he could really push this team to winning the division that's wide open right now. Yeah, like nobody's yeah. run run away with it, and now the Panthers they're going to be at a real crossroads when say if they go on a little bit of a run here. And if they avoid surgery with Cam, is this going to be the way of Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe, Kyle Allen gets the job because of an injury? I could see that coming down the pipe, and especially with the new owner uh, and Dave Tepper that bought the team, and you know he might want to bring in his own guys. Kyle Allen might be one of his own guys. That's definitely something to watch down in the in the Carolinas with this kid. And funny enough, he was a teammate with uh, with Kyler Murray at Texas uh, Texas A and M. So. Yeah, these air raid kids doing pretty good right now in the NFL. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I fully didn't expect Kyle to look that good. Uh, truthfully, um, it's only one week, uh, so we'll see how it pans out. But. You are correct, man. Those guys can win that division with Kyle Allen. They have so many good weapons. They have so many good weapons. And yep. all he's got to do is facilitate it. Uh, he, he can't pull a Cam Newton and hold the ball for way too long and fucking take a sack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just get the ball out to, his, uh, to the weapons. I mean, you got some fast kids on the outside, so... 
Hopefully the defense guys... is good. It's not like the defense is a sieve. The defense can keep them in the games, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on to the uh, games for the upcoming weekend, week four. Um, we're going to start it off with the Eagles and the Packers. It's going to be one of the better games on on Thursday Night Football. Yippee! And truthfully, I'm buying into the Packers, man. Like, those guys are 3-0 so far. Every move the front office has made to improve the defense has paid off. Uh, against the Broncos, man, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith combined for five sacks and a forced fumble. So something is working on that defense. That offense is still a work in progress, uh, and right now the defense is carrying this team. Rodgers was the lackluster last week against the Broncos. He was, what, 17 of 29, 235 yards and a touchdown, QBR of 75, which is just okay. Um, and the run game is bad, man. There was like 23 carries for 77 yards with all, all backs combined, which is not good at all. Right. Um, I do expect the uh, the I do expect Rodgers and the Packers to come out firing this week and hopefully get some more momentum going into the game uh, with the offense. Um, on the Eagles side, man, that loss to the Lions was the biggest surprise of the week. I was shocked when I saw that, um, mostly because they they have nobody to catch the ball. All the wide receivers are banged up. JJ Ortega Whiteside needs to come down with that ball. Yeah, he missed that. Uh, he, yeah, he missed a big he, big drop oh, right man. there. Yeah. I think in total they had what seven drops amongst the uh, Aguilar receivers. was brutal too. Yeah. Just look at the viral video of the guy saying he was catching babies. And I he was saw that. I sent it to you. How hilarious was that? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and now they're on a short week, man, against Green Bay on Thursday Night Football. It's not going to get any better. This is a borderline must-win team for them. Must, uh, must-win must uh, game for them mm-hmm. uh, just because they can't fall that far behind the, uh, the Cowboys. Um, and luckily, I'll show Jeffrey maybe back this week, so we'll see how that pans yep. out. Um, but Carson Wentz has kept him in most games this year. His play has been really good. He's so. running. He's rushing too. Mm-hmm. He yep, doesn't yep. give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, he uh, he was 19 of 36, 259 yards and two touchdowns. His QBR was 73.4. So good play from quarterback one. Um, but I do not see these guys winning in Lambeau. It's going to be electric crowd. There's not football. 34-31 Packers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really just a piggyback. I mean, this this Eagles receiving core they've been the walking wounded i think you know like you said alshon's gonna be back he's gonna be trending to be active for this game dallas goddard he he missed uh the atlanta game he's the second tight end he's really talented as well too he's tracking to play and they're gonna need everybody everybody that they can as a as a pass catcher um so they they really need this that the wide receivers need to come up with these catches i mean if that jj arthago whiteside kid uh, out of Stanford catches that ball they, they might win that game uh and the secondary for for Philadelphia that can be exploited by uh, the Green Bay Packers I expect the Packers to have a bounce back game they should be able to air it out uh Gil Brandt tweeted this today god god bless Gil Brandt I mean the guy's in his guy's 80s still around guy the guy's in his 80s he just got inducted in the Hall of Fame and he's tweeting like tweeting all these kind of different things of knowledge I mean the Packers from him Packers hired an offensive coach, and after three weeks, they rank 28th in yards, 23rd in points, and 30th in third down uh, percentage. If ever a bounce-back game was in order, it's right here with the depleted Philadelphia team on short week, and you're at home. Aaron Jones, he should get some more run. They're the Eagles' defensive line, they've been banged up a little bit over the week. There's not a whole lot of depth there. Uh, he did most of his damage last week on the short yardage. Uh, I believe he had two touchdowns from, like the, you know, from goal-to-go situations. Uh, I expect him to have a, a bigger game, a bigger work share of this offense uh, on Thursday. Vegas is calling us at 45. Give me the under, and I'm with you. Give me Green Bay at home on a short yeah. week. Yep, yep. Um, Redskins and Giants, the next game. Um, dude, Redskins are bad, bro. They're just bad. I you watched know that what? game. They've been, people say, like, 
it, rightfully so that the Dolphins are the doormat of the league, yeah. but at least the Dolphins have a plan. I think I think between the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Redskins and the Broncos, Broncos are pretty bad as well. Mm. I uh, Dolphins are the worst, but the second worst is between those three teams for me. Right, but the fucked up part is is at least the Dolphins have a plan. Yeah, like Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, like they have this product on the field. I mean, they there were more Bear fans at Monday Night Football last night. Yeah. They're getting embarrassed on national television. I mean, Case Keenum has taken a fucking beating behind that offensive line. And everyone, this might be hot take-ish too, everybody is saying Jay Gruden needs to be fired. Jay Gruden needs to go. Has anyone stopped and looked at the record that Bruce Allen has had since he took over that general manager job, which yeah. was pretty much the same time Jay Gruden has? Jake Gruden should be commended a little bit for the, the work he's done with the hand that's been dealt. And, I mean, yeah. he's come out and said that Dwayne Haskins is not starting anytime soon. Well, that's one of my points, man. I think he may he may want to throw him out there just to save his job. To get him killed, You never though? know. You never know what happens. I would rather – like, if you're going to – you're going to stunt the kid's growth, though. He, yeah. he was only a one-year starter at Ohio yeah. State. You could speak more to this, like the play calling, like calling plays in the huddle. Like, I don't know if this was like Mizzou – with uh, with what's his Drew Lock with Drew Lock with hand signals and shit. Like, Basically, I, it's a it's a it's a spread offense that uh, Arumai ran at Florida. It's nothing pro style at all. Right. So he has a bit of a learning curve getting uh, pro ready. But dude, you need to do anything. You need to do something right now to give that team a boost because Case Keenum had five turnovers last night. That's pretty bad. A brutal offensive line. And the, the on Bears. top of that, the defense is playing as is playing bad as well. So I have the Giants win this game. There's no way that the Redskins are going to win this game. Everything on the Redskins front. I was trying to think of a positive here for these guys. I can't think of anything. Terry positive. McLaurin. I, yeah, yeah. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I think he, yep. he's the first. I think he's like the first one in NFL history with like five touchdown catches in like three games. He, yeah. he, like first one ever. And he's really the, the like the one bright spot in this giant secondary can be exploited. We saw that on display against Tampa Bay. We've su- Mike we've Evans seen the, was turning it up. We've dude. seen oh that. I mean, he had three touchdowns, 170 plus yards in in, in the first half, mm-hmm. and then he could have got the game winning touchdown if the, you know. I think it was Janoris Jenkins that came up with that crucial tackle inside a field goal range. But I mean, Terry McLaurin is like the only bright spot. There's really nothing else to talk about the Washington Redskins. Yeah. If I'm the Washington Redskins and if I'm Jay Gruden, I'm putting Dwayne Haskins in bubble wrap and letting him hold a clipboard, get more acclimated with this offense because this offensive line is going to get him killed. Trent Williams isn't coming back anytime soon. This defense isn't going to stop anybody. They're going to have to throw 50 times a game. Uh, I am holding out as long as possible if I'm the Washington Redskins. The New York Giants side, this should be a shootout. The the secondary for the Redskins is as equally as bad. DJ should be able to get a little bit more run, along with Wayne Gallman, who's going to be filling in for Saquon Barkley. Uh, but, I mean, Jesus, that defense is fucking bad, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vegas is calling this 47 and a half. Give me the over and give me the Giants as well, yeah. too. Yeah, I got Giants in a blowout, man. 24 to 10. I saw nothing out of the Redskins last night. I've seen nothing out of them for the last three weeks. So it's going to be a little bit of a blowout. Two, two touchdowns is a blowout in the NFL. So 24-10 in yep. my eyes. Um, Raiders and Colts, man. The Raiders didn't put much of a fight up against uh, the Vikings at all, man. And it's obvious this team has a long way to go to become any sort of threat. Um, now, car stats look good, but once you start analyzing the film, 
it was just a lot of dinking and dunking and throwing bad, a really bad interception. Like his stats were 80% completion, 242 yards, and two touchdowns. But the film did not show that right. one. Right. They're playing from behind the whole game. Yeah. Um, and truthfully, Carr can't afford to be bad because he's basically on a 13-game audition right now right. to see if this is going to be Gruden's guy going forward. Yep. Brissett, man, he's uh, he looked good against the Falcons, man. I was watching that game, and while I was cursing Matt Ryan, I was pre- pleasantly surprised at how good Brissett looked. Uh, it was 28 out of 37 uh, for his completion rate, um, 310 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and I'm coming along to the fact that he might be more than just a bridge-year quarterback where, you know, you throw him out for a year and then you figure out what your plan is moving forward. But he's looking really good, man. He's like, And I, I still think he's not that quarterback that can carry a team and kind of take him to the Super Bowl. But he is good enough on a well-coached, balanced team to make some noise. So I have the Colts winning this 17, uh, Raiders 14. Yep. Uh, so for, the, for this side, I mean, really – Josh Jacobs, he really didn't get a whole lot of run. They were playing from behind the whole time. But Jacobs, was he was battling a, a couple of injuries. I think he had a core slash groin, either like a, an injury or he, he tweaked it a little bit. And he was also sick. He was saying he lost like 10 pounds in about a week. That, that's a fucking, that's a lot for for a guy that's, you know, a little bit of a thumper in the backfield to lose weight. Uh, he should get a little bit more uh, more run in this uh, in this game against the Colts. The Colts have been, you know, they've been giving up a lot of yards on the ground. Devonta Freeman had a, my, the guy just flipped for Barkley. He just, uh, he had a little bit of run on the ground. Uh, so Josh Jacobs should be able to bounce back. I mean, really, the, the one bright side short of Terrell Williams for pass catcher is Darren Waller. I mean, Darren Waller had himself a day, uh, 13 receptions for 134 yards. Uh, Indy got torched last week against uh, Austin Hooper for two touchdowns and 60-plus yards. I think Waller could finally hit pay dirt this week. Uh, the Indy side, uh, like you said, Brissett, he should have another day against this defense. It's really not inspired. It's really not instilling fear amongst other uh, offenses. Uh, but keep an eye on T.Y. Hilton's status. He was he didn't come back the second half of the, the game last week with a quad injury. Some people think Frank Reich was being a little conservative. But, you know, it's a soft tissue injury. It's something to monitor and definitely a guy that relies on his speed. But um, give me uh, give me Indy at home again. Vegas is calling this as a 45. Give me the over on this as well, too. Nice, nice. Um, Browns versus Ravens. Uh, probably one of the better matchups this uh, this week just because of the intrigue around the, uh, the game. Um, the Ravens, man, they played a decent game in Arrowhead. Um, but ultimately, Lamar Jackson just couldn't keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Simply put, that's what the game. That's what the game came down to. Additionally, the Ravens' defense didn't look that good. Um, but that might just be a case that the Chiefs' offense is just that great. Um, the rushing game was the one highlight for um, the the Ravens. Um, it was 16 rushes by Mark Ingram for 103 yards and three, three touchdowns. That's a hell of a day. Um, on the other side, for the Cleveland Browns, man, it's full on panic mode in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield, he's confused, he's unsure, he's not confident. And first-year head coach Freddie Kitchen won't be able to provide that leadership to help correct his quarterback's bad play. Um, I mean, who could forget the fourth and nine? Like, I, I will never forget that right. fucking fourth and nine. I think nine. it was like the first time, and if it wasn't NFL history, at least 25 years yep. that someone did that on a fourth play. This fourth is a must-win for the Browns, um, but I don't see them winning this game. It's going to be 27 Ravens, 21 Cleveland. And the issues are deeper than Baker Mayfield. But at some point, man, like, you got to stop happy feeding. You got to stop leaving the pocket and running right into a defender. There's quite a bit there. And I, and I always have this issue with um, whenever an offensive line plays bad, 
it's always on the offensive line. Like the quarterback has a play in this as well. They, they work as a team together to figure out how to get the ball out quickly and make sure that um, even the coaching staffs come and step in as well and figure out what the best right. um, way to, you know, not, uh, you know, highlight the deficiencies at, at offensive line. Right, right. Uh, real quick before I get into my, my takes on the game, if they lose to Baltimore, do we start seeing those personalities and egos coming out? Like in the press, I mean, there's a lot of there's like you got Jarvis, you got Odell, you got Odell's what, been a model who's citizen. been quiet. Odell's been a model talking citizen. about the Giants, but you know you got Jarvis, you got Baker who's outspoken all the time and takes the bait all the time with Colin Cowherd. Yeah. You got Sheldon Richardson. There's a lot of personalities in this locker room with a first year head coach. If they lay another egg, do we start seeing that coming out of the locker room more? I think or? we do. I okay. think we really do. I think uh, this will be a tipping point of the season, man. One and three. You're not making the playoffs after that. Right. This is a must win. Right. It's a must win for these Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. And uh, and I'm in the camp, too. I mean, not, not to keep burying the Browns here. I, I said my bit in the opening segment. I mean, Freddie Kitchens, if they lose this game, he needs to be stripped of play calling. He needs to be given to Todd Munkin. I mean, he he's just been brutal uh, with the play calling. He's not putting this offense that's you know built fantasy football style except for the offensive line in positions to succeed. Uh, he, Baker Mayfield, you hit on this. He needs to get rid of the ball quick. You saw it a little bit when they weren't playing from behind. They kept hitting Odell on the quick slant routes. They need to do more of that. They need to get Jarvis the ball. Like, divvy the ball out, get it out quick, save your ass against this offensive line that's just atrocious. Um, the Baltimore side, I think this could be a rebound game. Uh, they came off that, you know, a little bit of an adrenaline dump with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is a bounce-back game to get right. Uh, definitely keep an eye on Mark Andrews. He was limited last week with the foot injury. Uh, Lamar Jackson and him have a great connection. If he's full go, I think this offense is going to be carrying back to what it was before this Kansas City game. Uh, Ingram should have another day. Cleveland's, Cleveland really hasn't stopped the run. I'm not even going to count Todd Gurley because he didn't get a whole lot of work the on Todd Sunday. Father. The Todd father didn't get a whole lot of work, but I mean, Derrick Henry and Lev Bell, they kind of torched this, this front seven of Cleveland. Uh, Vegas has called this a 48 and a half total. Give me the over and give me Baltimore. And just, you know, you, you can start really burying the, the yeah. Browns at this point in the division. Uh, next up, a surprisingly great game. Huge 3-0 showdown. Patriots versus 3-0 Buffalo Bills. Huge division oh, showdown. Oh, my God. I'm not going to recap everything I said before in the interest of time, but story of the year this year so far is the Patriots defense. Uh, they haven't allowed a touchdown since the Super Bowl. I'm sorry, since the AFC Championship game. Um, they held the Jets to only 2.2 yards last week and 105 yards in total. That's uh, yep. that's very low. Um, like I said, offensive issues. Julian is hurt. We'll see if Josh Gordon can emerge. Still concerned about the offensive line. This will be the biggest test for the Patriots this year. We'll see what kind of team they're made out of. Because winning up in Orchard Park is not easy one bit. Bills Mafia is absolutely fucking nuts. Um, on the Bills side, man, Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox emerged on Sunday. Led the team with 67 yards and a touchdown. And Josh Allen seems to be taking that next step in his progression. Yep. He's really starting to come into his own. So I still, however, I still think the Patriots are going to win. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a blowout, 42-21. All right, all right. Uh, just, you know, real quick, the the pass catchers are all banged up. Definitely something to watch. Uh, next guy's up in this, Dorsett, who showed up uh, the last couple of weeks. He's really been effective. Um, Jacoby Myers, he was activated last week. I think he could have a growing role, especially if Edelman is limited with a, with a little bit of a rib injury. Uh, the Buffalo side... They just need to, they need to limit the turnovers. I mean, Josh Allen can throw it a country mile, but if you're throwing it into tight coverages and trying to do those hero throws, you, you, you're going to keep pace with this type of defense that New England is running. 
you, you really need to be smart with the football here. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot of work from Cole Beasley, of course, but Dawson Knox is really emerging as a, a weapon in the they system. They called him Baby Gronk. You know, he, he, he looked like Baby Gronk. He had a couple of runs that – Jesus Christ. I mean, this was like that was like a hardcore WWE match right there. And that's the kid I was high on in the draft. I think he got taken in the third round out of Old Miss. Definitely someone to watch. Um, and then Devin Singletary, uh, he missed last game with a hamstring issue. The ageless wonder Frank Gore uh, was the bell cow last week. Definitely someone to watch on the injury report is Singletary. Get, uh, Vegas is calling this as a 42.5. Give me the over, but... Give me Buffalo at home. I think the fact that they're they're in Buffalo, I was I was on the record a while ago saying that I think New England is going to split the series with Buffalo. Yeah, I think Buffalo wins it at home this week. Dude, they're I, uh, all hyped out. They're yep. the three and zero. The crowd's into this. I they can't love Josh see this Allen. being a Patriots loss. I can. I think uh, obviously I picked them to win, but I can't see your point. Yep. Um, I see these guys going at fourteen and two this year, and I think the losses will come to the Bills and the Chiefs. Yep. So. It, it could be it could be the Bills. So we'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, next up, Seahawks versus Cardinals. Um, dude, Seahawks came out super flat against the Saints. I was shocked that they looked that um, yeah. turbulent almost, right? Yeah. They took a rare September loss at home under the Carroll era. Uh, they were 15-0 and at home, but now they're 15-1 after that loss. Um, Chris Carson should be cut. Simply put. I don't know about cut. I, I've given up on that he kid. Might be he fumbled again, which I, went for a touchdown the other way. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, that's that was the turning point of the game. I think if he drops the ball again this week, you're going to see a lot more of Rashad Penny as the the lead back in in that in that work uh, in that backfield there. And I mean, it was 15. He ended up with 15 rushes, 53 yards. Absolutely pathetic for running back one. Um, Seattle was just off the whole game in all facets of the game. Um, their D gave up. The defense gave up 33 points. Special teams gave up a 53 yard punt touchdown. Carson fumbled. Um, Carroll mismanaged the clock at the end of the half. Um, Wilson missed a wide open locket on a pivotal fourth down in the third quarter. Um, I just think this is a rare bad game. This is where they throw the tape away and kind of right. move on. I think they're better than what they showed on uh, on Sunday. And on the Cardinals side, let's be real. The Kylo Murray experiment transitioned from the program. Uh, his transition to the pro game has not been smooth. He took one a beating bit. last week. He did not look good, man. He took uh, eight sacks, which I get sure the offensive line needs to improve. But after a while, at sack four, you gotta figure out something. You know what I'm saying? Right. You gotta stop being back to trying to fucking make something happen. He still got sacked eight times while he was trying to run for his life. Exactly. Too. Right? That's insane. Worst part is he threw for 173 yards on 30 completions, um, which is the lowest yard total for 30 completions in the Super Bowl era. Yep. 173 yards on 30 completion. That's yep. unreal. Lots of dinking and dunking, man. And only seven of his 43 attempts traveled more than 10 yards. Right. So. The guy can, he's got a cannon. I'm not sold on Dancing Cliff. I'm not either. He, what air raid? I mean, at the end he, of the day, I got Seattle winning uh, 40 to 17 and blowout, but that air raid is non existent. No. And here's the thing is, Dancing Cliff is more suited as an offensive coordinator than a head coach mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, there were times. Even that he wasn't that good. There at. were times that he was kicking field goals within the five yard line. I think he was like the first head coach in the last 15 years to do so. Uh, you know, you're down, you're, you're kicking little dinky field goals, and, and you're not doing anything. Your offensive line is weak. You're not really helping Kyler Murray out. I don't even think they're really getting David Johnson involved in the in the in the offense as much as he should be. Uh, real quick though, Chris Carson, he looked like Tiki Barber. He was putting the ball on the ground. If he has another fumble in this game, 
He was virtually non-existent. Besides the fact that the Seahawks were playing from behind last week, CJ Procise pretty much got most of the carries and, and snaps the rest of the game. If he puts the ball on the ground and Rashard Penny is healthy because he missed last week, this could be the Rashard Penny show real fast. Uh, the Seahawks, Vegas is calling this a 47.5. Give me the over, but give me Seattle at home. I think they're going to try to make a point that this offense is good. I mean, Russell Wilson threw for almost 400 yards in a comeback attempt at a comeback win. He showed his wheels. I think you might see that a little bit more on display if wasn't uh, if uh, Brian Schottenheimer would kind of let the highest paid quarterback in the league do his job. So that's my take. So you got who you? I'm sorry, we got. I got I got the Seahawks winning and give me the over. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Uh, Jacksonville versus the Broncos. Is Saxonville back? Oh, Saxonville is back. <laughs> Calais Campbell. I mean, nine sacks on Thursday night football against uh, the Titans last week, man. And uh, so they came out a w- they came out with a win against the Titans in Thursday Night Football, and that win kind of uh, mellowed out that Jalen Ramsey trade talk. Um, obviously, when you're winning, it's hard to be turmoil, right? Right. Um, but I think it will eventually shoot back up once they lose some more games. Um, Minshew played smart, sharp, effective, almost. Um, he was 20 of 30, uh, 204 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so those guys, man, they might have something with Minshew. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Um, but that, with that defense playing well, I think they could have some success. Um, now, luckily, they're playing the Broncos this week, which is one of the worst teams in the league, and I have them winning. Um, Jags 17, Broncos 10. Um, but my bigger point is, why is Flacco in the league? The guy looks like trash. Absolute trash. He was 20 of 29, 213 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, QBR of 29. Um, the, there is no offense. It's non-existent. Chunk plays don't exist in that offense. Right. Um, I guess the the positive that I can uh, look into a positive was Lindsey looked great, man. He's one of the bright stars. 81 yards against the uh, the Packers, two touchdowns. But that defense also is bad. I mean, with they, all those stars they have. They have no sacks. They have no sacks. With all the stars they have in Vaughn Miller and Chubb, they have not recorded a single sack yet. Give me the Jags, 17-10. Yeah, I mean, really, the the legend of Gardner Minshew, I think it's going to grow. I mean, last on Thursday. Uncle Rico. Yep, you know, Uncle Rico. I mean, dude, the, the dude's a savage. He's wrestling alligators and whales and all this other nonsense. He, he's a true American hero right here. Uh, but he's got a great connection going with DJ Shark and D.D. Westbrook. Um, he may have a challenge with the secondary, but this, this Denver defense really hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit the ground a whole lot either. He can rush the ball as well, too. Uh, but I think Saxonville's back out of those nine sacks. Three of them went to Calais Campbell. Uh, against this O-line that's a little depleted, I think they could have another day. The Denver side, short, like you said, short of Philip Lindsay, there's really nobody you can feel that great about. Yeah. Um, give me... At what point do we start looking at um, John Elway? I mean, they, they should have been looking at him years ago. Um, but when, I just, When's Drew Locke on back? I think he's on IR. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's short-term, though. If it's short-term, it could be week eight. But then yeah. even still, I mean, he held the clipboard. He hasn't done a whole lot. He hasn't practiced. I mean, I think at this rate, Flacco might just be the sacrificial lamb out of the whole group for the season. Uh, they restructured his contract, too, in the offseason as well. Uh, I don't know what the cuttable numbers are if they were to release him, but uh, Vegas is calling this as a 38 total. Yeah, okay. Go give, with that. <laughs> give, me, give me the under. Give me Jacksonville. And fantasy-wise, I really need Leonard Fournette to get more involved. Seriously, Leonard Fournette's killing me in my, in my uh, trade win league. It's not bad. It's not good for me. What bailed him out was that 62-yard run. Because yep. I think he had, like, what, 15 rushes for negative 8 yards up He's until that point? He's not good this year. Ew. I mean, DiFilippo's getting more involved in the passing game. That kind of elevates his floor. But he got bailed out big time. 
Next up, uh, the game, one of the game of the weeks, uh, Cowboys versus Saints. It should be a great one on Sunday Night Football. I'm uh, looking forward to this one. Um, the Cowboys are 3-0 for the first time since 2008. Um, Dak, uh, Dak Prescott continues to cruise. Uh, two touchdowns in the air to Cooper. One rushing touchdown on the ground for him. Three in total. Um, and it looks like the third quarter is his money quarter. It looks like in three games so far this year, in the third quarter, he's 22 of 22. 384 yards and three touchdowns in the third quarter. So watch out for him in the third quarter. Um, I got to say one thing about that, man. Pay him. Pay, straight, yeah. pay Dak Prescott. Um, on the running side, both Zeke and Pollard went over 100 yards. Great one-two back combo there. Uh, defense played solid. Um, so those guys look really look like they're coming into their own. Now, I was shocked on the other end that, uh, that the New Orleans Saints went up to Seattle and just continued playing great without Drew Brees. Like, it was just effortlessly moving yeah. on. Um, they played a good, complete game in Seattle and left with the win, 33-27. Um, Teddy uh, started out slow but came on late. Um, he ended up with 19 of 27, 177 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Camaro looked explosive. And while the Saints will need Breeze to win a Super Bowl, I believe they can stay afloat until he gets back with Tay Bridgewater. And nobody goes into New Orleans and wins easily, so I'm going to go with the Saints 21, Cowboys 10. All right. Uh, real quick, I just Dallas side, I just expect this offense to keep rolling. Uh, like you said, Dak, you got to pay this guy. Uh, the, the defense, even with Bridgewater under center, they really have to keep account of Michael Thomas. And they, you know, they, I think New Orleans is going to be more run heavy. Uh, Alvin Kamara got a little bit more run last week. And, you know, even involved in the passing game, it was like check down Charlie. But, I mean, he was still thumping his way uh, to, to positive yardage here. Uh, so I think with. You know, play calls like that. You could grind the uh, the opposing defense down, and the Saints defense. They've had a more of a bend but don't break mentality. They've been bailed out by a couple of turnovers that turned into touchdowns. The special teams unit has been on point. They had, like you said, the sixty-three plus yard punt return for a touchdown. Um, they're going to need more of that this week against this high potent uh, Dallas offense here. Uh, Vegas is calling this as a forty-six. Give me the over, but give me Dallas at home. I just I I thought it was the New Orleans. Cowboys for Saints. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why Yeah, yeah. If it was at home, fine. Would... Yeah, right. Give me Dallas on the road. Oh really? You got Dallas yep. beating the New Orleans Saints at uh yep. Thunderdome? Yep. Hardest place to win in the NFL. Yeah. That place is insane. Yeah. So. No, give me uh, give me Dallas on the road. Okay. It's just I, no. I think this is gonna be the one time where that bend but don't break mentality because this defense, they, they kept the games close, but, I mean, they almost got torched a few times in the, the first couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. Russell Wilson was mounting to come back, too. Yeah. I think they're, they're just going to hit a steamroll of an offensive unit here. All right, Monday Night Football, last game that we're going to pick, Bengals versus the Steelers. One word, yuck. You know, real quick, though, <laughs> there is news coming out of uh, out of uh, Pittsburgh here. The uh, Vance McDonald, he was banged up uh, with a shoulder injury, and Adam Schefter was reporting that the Steelers – uh, are trading a fifth-round pick in 2020 to the Seahawks for tight end Nick Vinette. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess Vance McDonald was seen walking around with his arm in a sling, so that shoulder injury seems to be a little bit more serious. So, so I'm not going to trade for No, him. we're not going to trade for Vance McDonald. Okay. Um, so that's that's news coming out of there. So they're going to have a new you. Breaking news out here, Adam Schefter. New, new tight end in this unit with a new quarterback on primetime. Yeah. They should make prison inmates watch this kind of shit. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a shootout. No, I will say the Bengals could have packed it in against the Bills when they're down 14-0, but they fought back. They showed some grit. They scored 17 points, um, and they were actually ahead 
Um, but eventually, Andy Dalton threw a late pick and sealed the game for the Bills. So it was a valiant effort. In regards to the Steelers, man, they took the ball away five times from the, from the 49ers and still lost. Brutal. That's, that's just bad. Um, and actually twice, Mason Rudolph put Pitt ahead. Um, put Pittsburgh ahead, uh, but in the second half, the defense let it all slip away. So, I mean, that that shows you that that defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed. <laughs> no, I mean, even two out of those five, two of those turnovers, one of them was from the newly acquired Minka Fitzpatrick on a, I believe it was an interception. Yep. And then uh, Minka then forced a fumble. Yeah. And they still like they still that's, lost that's five. Insane. You got to be trying to lose a game when you take take away the ball five times and still lose. So, it was pretty bad. Um, in regards to Mason Rudolph, man, he uh, he looked okay. Um, a mixed bag. He was uh, 14 of 27, 174 yards and two touchdowns and an INT. Um, James Conner, though, dude, 2.9 yards carrying in three games. Ugh. Yeah, he was dinged Yikes. up going into this game, too. Ew. I think he had an ankle injury. I mean, they, they weren't even getting Jalen Samuels involved, too, it's, just oof. to... Just to get it's, the passing game going. Both these teams are just, they have issues, but I will still take the Steelers to win at home, 20 to 10 over the Bengals. But I think their biggest concern, obviously, being Roethlisberger being injured, is that running game is absolutely non-existent. It's non-existent. There's nothing there. The Steelers' offensive line. The defense histo- looks bad. They've historically been okay. This year, they're bad. The defense is bad. Mason Rudolph, I mean, he he didn't inspire a whole lot of confidence. He, he was okay. But some of this blame, I, I'm, I'm going to put on their offensive coordinator, Randy Finchner. I mean, at times, this team was behind big. They weren't even throwing the ball to their pass-catching running back, Jalen uh, Samuels. Just no point of this offense was really hitting. But to put wind in the sails of Steeler fans, Mason Rudolph had a, has a rapport with Washington, uh, James Washington, uh, back from their days at Oklahoma State. Uh, and then he really got him being Rudolph – Got Deontay Johnson involved. Uh, he was, I believe, the third-round pick that the Raiders sent uh, to Pittsburgh for the Antonio Brown deal. Funny enough, they also took this Johnson kid out of the same conference that Antonio Brown was was from when uh, he played at Central Michigan. So uh, this Johnson cat, th- uh, three receptions, 52 yards, one touchdown. I look forward to him building on that. Uh, Cincinnati, their defense can't stop anybody. I expect Andy Dalton to have to really air the ball out here. Uh, to keep this team in contention. Uh, but give me uh, – Vegas is calling this as a 43-and-a-half. Give, give me the under and give me Pittsburgh. I just – I think the 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 battle to win less, it's, it's still going to continue with uh, with Cincinnati having a donut. Yeah, dude. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. They, yeah. they got, I swear to God, Monday Night Football has the crappiest slate of games ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Thursday night football, short week, and I guess some games are some games are bad, but like, it's the fucking Packers and the, and the Eagles this week. Yeah, but imagine if that was Monday night football. Or, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like he, but but more often than not, there's more crapper games than Monday night football than there are on Thursday night football. Like, just watch. Obviously, Sunday night football has taken the reins now, and they're like the fucking best prime time right um, schedule available. But like. I remember growing up, man, Monday Night Football was the shit. Like, for me growing up, Monday Night Football was the prime time. You got to sit down and watch this shit. Yeah. And not this kind of crap. Well, I that, don't know what it is. Well, that want to know what it is. That was before we got subjected to games that violated my Eighth Amendment right to cruel and unusual punishment. That's Thursday Night Football. Hmm. I've seen preseason games over the past couple of years that have been more entertaining. AAF games have been more entertaining. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, okay. it's... Dude, it's fucking like Jacksonville won. That game was brutal to watch. Pretty bad, yeah. And the week before, 
I didn't even make it to halftime. You see that Tom Brady tweet? <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady could tweet that the refs are brutal, and then one guy hits the collar of his shirt, and he's going to be crying for a flag. Yeah, okay, Tom, go back to drinking your eating your pistachio ice cream. But no, I would rather I hate. <laughs> an extended, extended regular season if I didn't have to watch Thursday night football. I'd love football as much as the next person, but I, I I don't know, man. For me, like, oh my god, when I once I get past uh, Wednesday, I start looking for Thursday night football. Right, watch highlights on YouTube because that is more entertaining uh, than the product that the NFL's putting out there. No, I, I we had this conversation many times, but I think as the uh, teams get better on Thursday night football, the games will be better. Like you'll see a better game Thursday night between the between the Eagles and Packers. It's just about who's gonna be on the schedule. So as the games get better, the as the teams get better, the games will get better as well. So we'll see how it pans yeah. out. Keep that. Keep uh, it. Bleh. All right. Um, an hour and seven minutes in. Look at that. It's a long time. Hey, you know what? It's game previews, regular season, baby. Uh, you want to plug it up? Yeah, let's do it. So Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter. Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Like, download, subscribe, share with your friends, your family. Give us your feedback. You can reach us on all social media. We'll respond. If you got questions for a mailbag, we'll answer those on the air as well, too. And that is all I got. I don't want to end this podcast because I'm afraid if I listen to it back and it's all jargled and mumbled. And I'm going to punch a child. I'm going to punch Fucking yep, yep. I got good vibes, so I think we're okay. All right, people, we love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, Acadio.